Lamnarka Munda Munda. God, you took the words right out of my mouth, <laughs> Drew Scanlon. Danny O'Dwyer, that is Arabic for long time no see. Long time no see. Uh, are we talking about F1? Are we talking about Bahrain? Are we talking about each other? All of I it. Guess all of it together? Of it. Yeah, uh, and we haven't seen our, our podcast listeners in a while. Because <laughs> we... That's, uh, that's a... <laughs> should we just talk about this right out of the gate? Sure. The the uh, the schedule. We So we were a weekly podcast. I think we're now going to try to do... Uh, ha- to have a podcast before each race. Right, to kind of exactly. set it up before each race. So gone are the uh, the 50 minutes of recapping every lap yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the previous race, which, which uh, I for one, I for one welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually there was something I liked about doing that just because it got me really into the race in like a really deep and, and gritty way that um, that I wouldn't otherwise, I think, but it right. just, it took a long time for, at least for me to, to write up those notes, to present them in a, in a, you know, an understandable way. Uh, and I think both of us were at the end of last season, we're like, man, this is, <laughs> this is a lot. 20 uh, races. Yeah. So basically we wanted to do, we, if we were going to do shift F1 again, we wanted it to be fun for us, Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Um, so that's that. That's basically the big change. We're not going to do the 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 play by play. No, um, which which allows us to talk about the race that happened in broader strokes uh, and have more time for the sort of the, the the wider narrative of what's going on, which I think is kind of more important going in race to races. Like, what are the big things to take away from it? Whereas I feel like when a lot of the time when we were done with the sort of play by play, lap by lap version, we were we were that, that was it we couldn't like go back over stuff it, it felt weird so yeah um yeah i'm looking forward to doing it in a more sort of like what we thought about the race kind of uh kind of manner yeah so we'll have uh the the episode before the upcoming race um right now i think we're planning on posting on the thursday before race weekend yeah we're, um, we're a bit late this week because i was in ireland yesterday i was flying yeah. back so my bad uh and the, but then that doesn't mean we won't talk about the race that happened. It will just, no. you know, we'll we'll talk. I mean, you'll see. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Again, as more broader strokes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that's, uh, you know, I, I feel bad because there are people that don't even watch the races that kind of rely on us for the play by play. But <laughs> um, I, I also feel like I feel a little bitter about it because like F1 is doing such good stuff on their YouTube channel with the totally. race highlights and yeah hopefully f1 tv comes along soon and makes f1 available to a wider swath of people which right. it really wasn't when we were doing it in years past um yeah so that that makes me feel a little bit better but yeah i, I think the the thing is we wanted to keep doing this podcast and this is the only way that, that we could keep doing it without losing our minds yeah i wanted to like keep the energy up and i think this yes. is the right year to do it because uh, you're right like i think the f1 highlights on on their youtube channel are extraordinary because you know you're talking like somewhere between five and ten minutes um you know and it, it encapsulates everything that's going on there um and also this year there's 21 races so there's not going to be that many weeks where we there'll be less weeks this year than ever before where we don't have a podcast because of this, because most of the races are back to back. So we, 
that's that the, the issue we had pr- previously as well is that a lot of the time we'd spend 50 minutes doing a play-by-play and then crammed in all the stuff coming up for the next race yeah. which i also i think this gives it a little bit more room to breathe um which i'm super into uh, and so we also you know if you haven't watched the race and you don't want to play-by-play go hit pause go to youtube watch the highlights and come back because yeah um but, but but to be honest in this race we'll probably cover everything <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, we won't have to pad it out anymore. Like, well, nothing really happened for the last half of this race, but we'll go over every little thing. Like, I don't know who that's for, really. Um, yeah. So we were yeah. nothing if not thorough. Yes, that's very true. Uh, well, speaking of that, you want to just jump into the race? Sure. Uh, I was excited about this race. I was less excited about having to watch it a lot. Well, not having to watch it a lot, but I feel like the first race of the year with my my desire to watch all sports live because I just enjoy them twice as much if I watch them live. Um, and I think, did I... This was around GDC, wasn't it? What happened? Did I, did I just fly back from GDC? I think that's what had happened. I think I flew back from San Francisco and then had to stay up and watch this. <laughs> some, oh, some, yeah, Some sort sense. of awfulness. Did you watch it after the fact or...? After the fact, yes. Did you also do the same thing as me and spend an hour searching to see if F1 TV was a thing yet? Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and all there is is that like sign up to our email thing and we'll let yeah. you know when it's going on. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was... watched it on ESPN's. No, I'm sorry. Yes. What did I do? Yes. You watched it on demand. ESPN. I tried to watch it on ESPN's app. Okay. Uh, on Apple TV, but uh, that didn't work. And because I, I don't know, it, not because of the app, but like I didn't want to see any spoilers. And there was like a, right. I flipped through the app for a second and saw a bunch of like highlight <laughs> clips. And I was like, nope, okay, not doing that. So I went to my backup plan, which is PlayStation View, <laughs> which basically just recorded the ESPN broadcast like a DVR. And I watched that instead. Oh. But man, I'm glad I had a fast forward button. Right. Because, geez, this, this was yeah. a wonky broadcast. Did you watch the ESPN broadcast? I didn't watch the ESPN broadcast, but I was uh, in the Noclip Discord talking to people. And also I was on Twitter while it was happening. Yeah. And oh my God. I mean, you just look at the emails we got this week. Like the, the only thing anyone wanted to talk about who was watching ESPN was how hokey that whole thing was and i i didn't have it uh i had it explained to me i haven't seen it but i had it explained to me and the way it was explained to me sounded just like appalling um so i'm interested to hear what it was like for you we kind of like got in the way of the race with this a little bit my bad yeah i'm very fascinated about this yeah um so they I thought there was going to be like a pre-race show like Sky does. So ESPN is using Sky's broadcast uh, and Sky does a really good pre-race show. Um, Mm. But I tried to find that on my recording and all I could find was like a static shot of (laughs) one of the turns for like 20 minutes with no talking. (laughs) Like aired on ESPN. Yeah. That I couldn't believe. So that's uh, then, that's basically like the international feed, I guess, or it was one of them that they send. Like if you've ever tuned into, we used to get this a lot in Ireland where they'd, we'd, they'd buy the rights to something without having the broadcast. And so you just get the like, the like unfiltered feed of it. Uh, 
where usually like in the broadcast booth for Sky, they'll have that feed coming in, but they'll be talking over doing their own thing. And then they go to that feed when the show starts, which is when the F1 graphic basically kicks in. Right. Um, But yeah, ESPN just had the fucking feed on with nothing else. Yeah. And that was the start of a long time. Uh, Then once the race started, it was it was fine. Um, They did well fine with some caveats they did a lot of side-by-side commercial breaks which nbc uh, nbcsn did um i feel like espn did more side-by-side and fewer full screen breaks than nbc did okay um can you still hear the commentary no so people said that they were cutting away like mid-sentence on the commentary yeah because sky doesn't know when espn is going to a commercial break (laughs) right uh and like I think a lot of uh, what people were like, people were comparing ESPN and NBC Sports Network and saying like, well, NBC Sports Network had a broadcast team who would catch you up when you, they came back from commercial yeah. break. They kind of did. Rarely. <laughs> it re- like you, you would see stuff in the side by side and then they would they just wouldn't comment on it. If like someone crashed. Yeah. But if it right. was like, oh, this person pitted that like has a lot of race implications they wouldn't necessarily do stuff like that so i wonder if they were also syndicating their broadcast then to someone else in a way that they couldn't obviously say welcome back from the break or something like that no they i think it was definitely Did they just do that? nbc sports network just um, all right but like God. to to me that's not that wasn't the most flagrant thing i think the the most flagrant was the cut to a commercial break it was a full screen break and it just said the message will be right back or like this is an espn commercial break and there was no actual commercial you're fucking kidding me yeah that is absolutely a poor i can't like they never they didn't sell that ad slot so they just put up a fucking banner yeah just a nothing absolutely awful yeah Oh no, God, I hope this is some first race blues, but like, I, I, how else would they fix these problems? Like, oh, not having the, 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 the pre or post show or having any of that stuff or having the, even the intro and outro for the coming back from breaks or, or just like the idea that maybe they knew at least that you weren't watching. That's, that's I so think sad. All, I think, uh, like all the technical snafus aside, I think what they could do to make it a little better with the the Sky broadcast mm. with ad breaks added in would be just like a text, like a bullet point. Here's what happened in the in the, during the break. They could just slide right. that on, and you'd be like, okay, that's fine. Um, it's a, it, it almost sounds like none of this is manned, though. <laughs> yeah it almost sounds like a computer is just running this for them (laughs) yeah i think that's definitely what it seemed like to me oh god that's so sad that's awful hopefully when did it cut off at the end like just after Uh, the ceremony or i think yeah right did did you have crofty and brundle the whole time yeah martin brundle and david croft oh that's cool at least yeah that was was probably interesting. like that's that to me makes up for it because like the nbc sports network broadcasters while I like them in my heart, <laughs> Sky <laughs> has such better commentary. So it's the, right. it's a trade-off. And honestly, like, yeah. this is all going to be a moot point when F1 TV launches, provided it's not a complete disaster. Uh, yeah. Well, we uh, not to jump into news, we know it's not launching for the next race at least. Yeah. 
Um, it's yeah. been confirmed that some problems are having with either the software or the rights, maybe. Um, that would be scary. Yeah. So they've said it's going to be pushed back one race. So fingers crossed we'll have it for the next one, but none, none this, none this weekend anyway. Uh, from the Formula One Reddit, apparently it's not just Formula One uh, that ESPN screwed up. It was like during a basketball game, a guy like the commentator was like, he's driving to the rit, and then it cut to a commercial break. <laughs> But oh, showed no. like two seconds of that commercial and came back. <laughs> That's appalling. I'll, I'll link that in the in the show notes. Great, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, ESPN but aside, I actually really like the new graphics. Oh, uh, I like them as well. I like they, I like everything about them. Again, also not perfect. There was a point where they <laughs> uh, flashed like a, a split two split times, and it just said last name versus last name. Okay. Um, so clearly some, some XML got messed up in there or something. <laughs> oh, like, uh, oh, sorry. It said last name versus last name. It did, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. That's start. Yeah. But I like the font. I like the, the design of everything they have. Um, they show the steering angle. Oh, now, it's, they do. Which is super they show cool. the steering angle and, and also the, the gear, uh, triggers pedals go as well. Yes. Yeah. They, they tell, they tell you when they're hitting left and right on them and downshifting and upshifting. It's so cool. Yeah. They also have a really cool graphic before the race starts, which shows you circuit information like here's uh, how much grip does the circuit have? How much downforce? How abrasive is it? Like tire stress, three out of five, you know, stuff like that. Um, I thought that was really cool. They do a good job of telegraphing the flags too, like green flag or yellow flag because of an on-track hazard. I like that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff is way, way better. Um, my favorite inclusion, perhaps, of the lot, though, is the uh, headshots. Oh, okay, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that's, like, really important. Oh, on, for, the, on the left side. Yeah, on the left side. They have, yeah. like, definitely at the start of the race, they had them. And then when there were some battles, they'd use them again as well. Um, uh, for, for maybe the first couple of laps, I had, uh, there was loads of those headshots. They had them during qualifying as well. And I thought that was really handy for like getting people to, cause like, I'll be completely honest. Like sometimes like, I don't know, man, I can't really think about what Esteban Ocon looks like in my mind's eye. <laughs> like <laughs> I know what Hamilton and Vettel look like. And, but like, sometimes I'm like, you know, I know what Sergio Perez looks like, but you know, Rio Ariante, actually no, Rio I wouldn't know, but like Pierre <laughs> Gasly or like stuff right. like that. You know, it's like I'm not really sure. Like, uh, and I thought that was cool. And I think especially for people who are just joining the sport, who maybe saw interviews beforehand, um, that's going to be something to help them connect with people um, during the race as well. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Halo? Um, uh, I'm not as I can see why people would hate them. I'm 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 very much a benefit of the doubt type of person when it comes to this sort of thing. So I think I'm probably more um, I don't know forgiving than most. Uh, they're kind of they're weird looking. Uh, there's something about. Do you ever watch those like Twitter like videos or YouTube videos of it of things that just like make humans feel uncomfortable, like somebody putting like four you know very perfectly sized things together and then turning one of them slightly before they put them down <laughs> you know those videos where it's just like, yeah. i don't know what it is but there's just like the feeling of like Ugh. that's how i feel whenever i see the on the like helmet cam onboard stuff of like there's a piece of fucking something in your face like how are you driving <laughs> there's this there's this thing there and it, from especially from the the top camera, it almost looks like the entire thing is blocking their face. So 
obviously it's not but that sort of makes me feel a little bit yuck about it i guess what i'm like looking for not looking forward to that's a bit fucking morbid but i'm i'm it'll be interesting to see the first time the the halo is required like a crash like alonzo's crash last year at melbourne for instance like yeah what that would look like with the halo um you know, would he be even more protected or the first time we see a bit of debris or the first time we do see a tire come off, you know, because we've, you know, we've, we've, there were tire problems and tires don't generally come off, but like sometimes it'll happen and then we'll feel better about it. So right now it just seems like a weird, unnecessary addition, but like, you know, I'm sure seatbelts felt that way as well. So maybe we'll just get used to it. What, what, what did you think? I thought it was fine. Like it, it in motion, it doesn't, you know, you can barely notice it. Uh, That's true. It, From a lot of angles, you don't, right? Yeah, it's it's fine. The, the one thing I would say is that there are some camera angles that are like over the shoulder where the halo d- definitely does not work. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it covers the entire track. Uh, so you really need to have it um, behind the driver, like above the intake. Yeah, I think what I don't like is when they have the, the camera, that camera, whatever it's called, the like pod camera the mm-hmm. one above their head. The Halo almost looks like, it ma- It makes the F1 car look like a Mario Kart car or something. <laughs> like it has this rounding effect. Like almost like you've got, you know the round, Mario Kart cars are like, they're like fat around the edge. They're like cartoonish. Yeah. And like almost like bumper cars kind of. Like you don't get the same sort of like nose piercing through the air shot there. It looks like rear. But like, that that could possibly be rectified by just putting the cameras higher maybe and tilting them down a bit like but there's something about that particular angle that just makes it look like a like a fucking go-kart or something or not, yeah. or not even like something really really strange so i'm not a fan of that i think that's probably the the one angle that it upsets me the most with yeah i hear you um all right uh i guess highlights from the race itself uh i was really surprised to see botas crash and qualifying Right, yeah, I know. Worst possible time as well. Yeah. Um, he's usually kind of a, you know, a very robotic, um, mistake-free driver, but, uh, you know, they happen. Yeah, a bit of a scramble. That whole Q1 was a, was a bit of a, um, uh, I don't know, was a, was a bit of a, a, a nervous scramble, I think, for a lot of the end drivers. I didn't watch it live. I almost wish I actually had uh, watched it live. Um, the thing I enjoyed the most was seeing how good the McLarens did. Yeah, totally. Um, it was nice to see them creeping out of, uh, of, of, of the bottom of the pack uh, when it really mattered. We got a clean start. Uh, yeah, we to, did. To the, the race. The, yeah, the start, at which, and there was a couple of rookies in there, so you're, you're always wondering if, if something will happen. And, and the thing about Australia as well is you've got, like, you've got two turns where something can all go wrong. You've got that first turn, the sort of right-left, and then the set, at the end of that second straight, they're all on top of each other as well. Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of places for incidents, and I don't even think anyone tapped anyone else, did they? Not on the first one, no. Magnussen no, jumped for Stappen, though. That was super yeah, cool. Yeah, that was awesome, because it looked like the Rebels were having that problem where they're like, or they were having that situation where Vettel and um, uh, uh, Kimi are having a battle. Kimi got the best of Sebastian, but in that situation, you're always looking like, oh, okay, which which one of them is, you know, going to get past Vettel or whoever um, came second in that battle. Um, the two Rebels were actually super close going around that corner. They're like almost side by side. Um, uh, or they were, they were, sorry, they were close by. It was Magnussen was there. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see him get the battle of Verstappen, who is generally a, 
early doors overtaker supremo you know yeah he kind of he got he got verstappened yeah he did he totally did yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, and then later, uh, another uncharacteristic from uh, a driver is Verstappen spinning. Yeah, I think it was lap 10. Um, he spun on, I guess, that first corner, or I don't know, like between I the think first it was and second the corner. Third. Ooh, no, I, I thought it was after the straight, wasn't it? That um, it was the, it was the, it was that right lefter because he ended up spinning and. They were all because it's so much space around him, right? Because the third one is 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 a sharp right hander. It's just a ninety degree right hander. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, um, yeah, I, I guess he just kind of went out a little bit too far on the that first turn. I had had the back wheels up on the rumble strips and just lost grip, and I, he almost like knew he was losing it and then flipped the car around so at least he could just keep going. But he lost a bunch of places because it was like pretty early and and also like everyone was on top of each other like not much happened in those 10 laps and everyone was like still on top of each other like relatively so yeah he had a bunch of them fly past um i think hulkenberg got past him as well and i think it was between him and signs i think he managed to to come out uh, it was a shame yeah, he was down to down to fourth place which you don't or down to eighth place like four places down from where he, where he started yeah uh i think he was chasing was it grosjean or was it magnuson some haas it was magnuson uh, i think yeah Speaking of Haas, though. Oh God, don't Ugh. fucking. You can, that, I mean, that's the story of the race. Like, yeah. Like, man, Jesus Christ, unforced errors. They were doing so well. Like, this is. We've had this with Haas before. Like, they had a really good first Grand Prix ever here, like mm-hmm. three years ago, I guess. Um, and man, they were they were doing real well for where the, I think Grosjean was fourth. And I'm trying to think where. I don't know where Magnuson was at that stage, but the two of them were like chasing podiums, man. Magnuson was fourth, yeah. sorry. Grosjean was fifth. So they were they were ahead of the Red Bulls at that stage. Not exactly chasing the Ferraris, but like they're they're in the mix there. And then was Magnuson came in first? Yeah, Magnuson came in first uh, and <laughs> goes out. Everything looks fine, but then he is slowing to uh, a crawl. He's reporting a like a suspension failure, but it turned out that what felt like a suspension failure to him was that it just his wheel was not on. Right. Um, the other thing that I think I heard Crofty say it. The other um, explanation I heard is that if you say it's a suspension failure, then they won't they won't get give out to you for having an unsafe release in the pit. Oh. That's, that's like a, so I, I don't know if that's like true because that seems like super scammy. But uh, um, any any you know issue about whether or not that could possibly happen in the Haas garage was quickly qualified by lightning striking twice. Oh, two laps later, I think Roman Grosjean. <sighs> Same thing. Wheel not on. Different gun, different wheel. I think this was front right and the other one was back. Front left. Left and the other one was back left. Is that right? Yeah, I think Um, so. Yeah, unbelievable. And then uh, I think Grosjean parks it in, you know, maybe the worst place on the track to pull a car off, (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) for everyone else because it means the, I think the virtual safety car came out for that, I think. Uh, Yes. Yeah, Yeah. VSC. Fucking crazy, though. So apparently they've had... They've had personnel changes uh, in the pit, and also they've done a lot of testing. I'm sure they've done a lot of testing. Um, but it's interesting because on both occasions, I think they were warned by, it's not the jack man now, it's whoever's in charge of the light at the mm-hmm. front. 
there used to be a front jackman, but I don't think there is there a front jackman now. I'm not too sure. Maybe it depends. No, there is a front jackman, but I think they used to go based. Oh, it was the lollipop man? That's what it was. That's what I'm thinking of. Used to have uh, somebody holding a lollipop out, which went had go and stop on it. Um, it's one of my favorite the, horror movies. um but the yeah i think both times i'm not sure about the first one but certainly on grosjean um, it was signaled by uh, whoever was on the front left like big no 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 and they left him go so yeah before the car even went he was waving his hands yeah so obviously which like that's exactly what is is not supposed to happen i think there are I think it's Formula One where like their their guns are basically electronically hooked up to the green light where right. they finish, you know, bolting the wheel on and then let go of the trigger. And that if all triggers are let go, then the green light happens. So uh, this from racefans.net, it says that Haas has now added an extra fail safe measure uh, in addition to swapping some of its crew around to prevent a repeat of what happened in Melbourne. Um, yeah, I think this is Scooter Steiner saying we put an additional person in so that if it isn't caught, we can stop the car, push it back and put it right. So, yeah, it seems like something that should have been there in the first place, but maybe they were just, you know, first first race jitters or overconfidence. Yeah, like, yeah, when you, when you see it happen the first time and then it happens like two laps later again, you got to be thinking like they the first one must have been on everyone's mind. Um. I always thought that it was different. It was different sets of the crew, though, that did each driver. So I'm not sure. I, I feel like I need to look that up to see how much overlap there is in relation to. Because, like, I guess it wouldn't be if they do a double. If they do a um, a double, if they stack their pits, it's obviously the same crew. So maybe it, maybe it is the same folks. But man, like, talk outside of it being like a race losing pit stop. This is basically the worst case scenario. This is yes. I've I've never seen that happen. I've never seen two drivers in the same race. I mean, yeah, get, this is already fucked. rare, right? Yeah, for but, it to happen, know, it happens it, once, like whatever, like for maybe twice a season. I'm sure there's a statistic. So I feel like it happens. It's not it's not incredibly rare. It does happen, but it's not yeah. like all the time. But for it to happen twice within three laps, it's just like yeah. what? And, Especially and, when they're it, doing so well. It could have been a race where they were in fucking 16th. It wouldn't have mattered. Right. But it was fucking, they were like going to get really good points. Like probably their best points all of the year. Yeah. Like on a weekend. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, just to add insult to injury, uh, I guess people are mad at Haas um, for a different reason, because now they look like even with this double retirement, they look like they're going to be a super strong team. And right. everyone is uh, complaining that oh, Haas just copied last year's Ferrari because right. they're real tight with Ferrari. And now they're good. Yeah, well, <laughs> fuck like, it. do you want competitive cars or do you not want competitive cars? Like, yeah, there's not that many people. There's like two people in the world making a good car <laughs> right now. Right. So fucking like you're either in with them or you're out. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's a we got a couple of messages about that as well. People saying like, is this OK? Like how how much data sharing are you really allowed to do? Um, yeah, so, no, you know. Uh, the BBC has a good article about this, um, and they basically say uh, the governing body, the FIA, gave Haas the all clear at the season opening Australian Grand Prix last weekend. Uh, F1, FIA's F1 director, Charlie Whiting, said he had no concerns about the relationship with Ferrari, saying we know exactly what's going on between Haas and Ferrari, which is completely legal. 
Um, they also say uh, rivals concerns center on two major issues. The apparent resemblance between parts of the Haas car and the Ferrari, particularly last year's car from Marinello, mm. uh, and how Haas can design such a competitive car with the smallest workforce in F1. Gunther <laughs> right. Steiner, the uh, team principal for uh, Haas, responded, if you have to justify your incompetence, attack is the best defense. <laughs> Yeah, so, all right. I'm yeah. I'm I'm siding with him. Yeah, me too. I mean, like my, my view is who did not who everyone. who doesn't want a competitive house? Like we've wanted a competitive house since the day they came into the sport. Yeah. So like let's like totally let's give the Red Bulls someone to fight because let's be honest, the Red Bulls have not been up to snuff on Ferrari either for the past two years. So like at least they'll have someone to fight, and they would have probably lost to them by the by the you know by the look of the first lap and where everyone was when the two houses left, um, they would have lost out a lot more. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like people complaining about stuff. Competitive competition is good. Houses were sort of drifting on their own in the middle of the pack anyway. So I don't, I don't, I think they're in a better spot now. Yeah. Um, did you see why Sergi Sorokin had to retire? No, I didn't. It was a plastic bag from a sandwich. What? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> It was uh, some sandwich bag from somebody in the crowd, apparently, just got like, was flapping around, and that's what um, jammed into his uh, his brakes, I guess. Was, oh, that was, sucks. Does that suck? Yeah, because I, I don't know, because like, he, I thought, oh, maybe he just like goofed, or there was a problem with the car or something, because it's, it's his first race. Um, but yeah, I think it was the rear brake duct, uh, a plastic bag sandwich went in. Which isn't even that big. It just shows you how fucking how little you need to to ruin these the cars. It's such yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. So it was that overheating was basically. That, that was something that happened in the side by side on ESPN. I, I no one mentioned him, him out of the race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it it happened very barely. It wasn't really referred to. People were like, "Oh, it's Rockin's out." He just because he just locked up and pulled in, and then I guess nobody really cared. <laughs> Maybe they followed up at some stage, but I, like I don't know. I haven't actually heard him being interviewed yet. Does, does he speak English or? I probably. Yeah, I think probably so. right. Yeah. Um. Wait, I'm I'm now I'm I've been watching too much UFC where nobody speaks English. Is, <laughs> is I'm trying to think: is there ever an F1 driver that, uh, in recent memory that hasn't spoken English that's needed a translator? I can't, none comes to mind actually. I'm I'm speaking out of Maris here. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure he does. Um, but yeah, I I didn't hear it referred to at any stage afterwards. I'll be completely honest. I was up watching this race until half two, and I was so fucking tired. I went up to bed, <laughs> and I was worried I'd wake my wife. So I had like the laptop like off the side of the bed, and I had my headphones on. I don't, the only headphones I have are like big production headphones. <laughs> so I had them on, and I was like looking off the side of the bed for the last. 20 laps and uh nothing really happened and the, and, and basically the race came down to a, a safety car like roman grosjean parking that car there won won the race for someone yeah uh i think uh, it was virtual safety car and then safety car is that what happened that sounds about i remember both happening i can't remember what order exactly they happened but um yeah basically was it hamilton hamilton pitted, pitted or, first no. Right? Vettel pitted, I think Vettel pitted under safety car, was it? But he, but he was, oh, you're right, sorry, Hamilton pitted first, and then Vettel pitted, pitted while the safety car was on, but because the pit lane itself is not under the safety, the virtual safety car uh, slowdown, it's it's actually slightly higher, it's like an extra, like, 30 miles an hour or something, um, he was able to speed 
in the safe in the pit lane without breaking the speed lane uh, limit and come out ahead of Hamilton, which yeah. is like, which is super like if this happened, I feel like in in like Dota they, or like Counter Strike or like a, any video game, they would patch it. Like it seems <laughs> right. like an exploit of the rules. Well, like, I mean, it 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 actually was uh, a bug um, that explains this because oh really uh, yeah because so that is one contributing factor, but also uh, the Mercedes team. Um, or software was telling Hamilton that he had enough time. Uh, oh. Let's see. Trackside engineering director, Andrew Sh- uh, Shovlin. This is from racefans.net. Shovlin. Yeah. He's shoveling, shoveling fuel into that, that car. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, the, the issue actually wasn't with the race strategy software that we use. It was an offline tool that we uh, used to create the Delta time with Uh, and we found a bug in that tool that meant it gave us the wrong number the number that we were calculating was around 15 seconds in reality the number was slightly short of 13 seconds so that was what created our delta that's where we thought we were safe so the the software is basically telling hamilton yeah you're fine to remain in this like speed window it's under it's under the speed limit um but you don't need to push any more that was wrong he needed to push more and still be under the speed limit to be able to beat Vettel. And he didn't. Oh, and Vettel got out in front. And Hamilton was like, wow, what happened, guys? Yeah, what his the... message was kind of like, did we mess up there? Like, was I supposed did to be I going do something that wrong? speed? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then essentially, I mean, like, that was that was it. Like, the, the, the lap, with the, I think that happened around lap 30 or something. Um, and it's a, it's a 58 lap race. And essentially nothing really happened after that so uh so you'll be glad we didn't do a play-by-play of this one yeah um he hamilton does try it on Vettel toward the end of the race yeah Uh, he actually says over the radio can i push yet you know how much you want it and no one responds and he says i'm going for it (laughs) uh and he he does try two seconds uh he, he he like dives on Vettel but uh he has to lock up and and then he backs off so yeah uh yeah uh, Vettel wins Hamilton second Kimi Raikkonen in third and not having it on the podium oh <laughs> really I went straight to bed <laughs> Vettel's like spraying it with champagne he just like blocks it with his hand oh my god kept Kimi the sunglasses on yeah, oh yeah Hamilton seemed pretty chipper considering he threw the race or the race had been thrown away for him um, but he seemed all right. I saw pictures and he seemed all right afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting race. There was, um, not much weather in the end came into play. There was Ranger and Quali, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Ranger and Quali. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's always been a tough track to overtake on. And I guess that was, that was the case here as well. Mostly a lot of overtaking happening because of unforced errors, like for Staffan spinning or, Poor Grosjean and Magnussen. Um, Gasly and Ericsson also didn't make their way around the track. Um, but uh, Leclerc finished. So Yeah, 13th, I think. Yeah, he did. Ahead of Stroll and Harley. So, um, yeah, not bad. Um, another part of the graphics I like is they have all the, they had at the end, they had all the, the logos of the, the, the cars, the, the, the teams on the, the little bit of data on the left-hand side, which is quite nice. Um I'm into it. I'm I'm into the the new graphic stuff. Um, I'm I'm okay with the Halo. Uh, I'm excited about this new competitive Haas. Um, I wish Force India maybe was doing a little bit better. 
and it's interesting to see Bottas do so poorly, considering he had the same car as Hamilton and ended in eighth. Um, yeah, he started in fifteenth. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. But like, yeah, I feel like last year they started in fifteenth and ended in third. Um, I mean, I guess maybe this is just a it's a difficult, particularly difficult track to overtake in. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was fun. What, what would you rate it out of ten? What's your Let's let's um, review every race this year. <laughs> okay, uh, seven point five. Uh, no, no point fives. No point fives. Um, or should we do I five? Should we do five stars? Maybe so that's more you know in in keeping the giant bomb the, scale. The, exactly. Uh, I'd give it. Uh, I give it a three. Solid three. Yeah, I'd give it a good. I'd give it fine. I'd give it a three. Any other day of the week, I'd I'll give it a four because I was particularly excited that F1 was back. So I was just enjoying it just out of yes, pure... Yes, I, I enjoyed it like a four, but yes. objectively... A three. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm with you on that. Because reviews that. are objective. So a 3.5. <laughs> right. Out <laughs> of five stars. Out of five. Uh, let's go down the result. What do you say? Sure. Sebastian Vettel on top. Lewis Hamilton, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, fourth place, Danny Ricardo, followed by Fernando Alonso putting his McLaren Renault up in fifth place. Poor Ricardo uh, didn't get a podium at his home run. <laughs> I know. Uh, he also got hit with a um, a penalty, which knocked him back on the grid. Oh, uh, same as that other time then. <laughs> yeah, which is really. <laughs> he lame. did get on the podium. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fernando Alonso in fifth place, followed by Verstappen, Hulkenberg, um, Botas, Stoffel Van Dorn. So double points for McLaren and Fucking Carlos two, Sainz in 10. I know, right? Top 10s, yeah. man. What's going on? Yeah. Renault is what's going on. Renault yeah, engines. you're right. <laughs> uh, Carlos Sainz, by the way, uh, in 10th, uh, like apparently his drink system would not stop feeding him water. No So he just way. had to drink it the whole time. And at one wait, point wait, was wait. like... Who, who was it? That, was it Perez or was it Sainz that the opposite happened? Like the second last race of last year. One of them couldn't get water and they were dying in the car. Uh, oh, yeah. Who was In that? Mexico, I think it might have been. I forget. Oh, it might have been Perez, but I'm hoping it's signs. <laughs> it's like they've, they've like fixed the pipe, but they fixed it too much. Right. It yeah, wouldn't stop so feeding him water. He was saying uh, he was getting nauseous. Oh, my God. I remember hearing he was sick and nauseous, but I didn't realize why. Because <laughs> so he was absurd. full of water. Oh, oh god that's so awful oh my god uh just outside the points is sergio perez followed by esteban ocon Charles leclerc in his first race for sauber uh and 14th is lance stroll and 15th brendan hartley the only honda to finish <laughs> oh no uh, not classified are roman grosjean kevin magnuson pierre gasly who went out with a power unit problem marcus erickson <laughs> yeah in a in a honda Go figure. Marcus Erickson had a hydraulic problem and Sergei Sorotkin uh, had a plastic bag problem. Sandwich. Had a, had a sandwich, sandwich problem. problem. But at least he wasn't waterboarded like Carlos Sainz. <laughs> God. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, How about that? Yeah. All right. You know what? Yeah. Good start. Good start to the season. Good start. Happy to see uh, both McLarens in there. I mean, if the Haas family hadn't burned their own house down they wouldn't have been I, you know Van Dorn would have got pushed out and Alonso would have been seventh but still like that's a top 10 finish for for uh, McLaren is is something really special we haven't seen so I'm, I'm excited um, yeah 
I, I think last year we were saying we had a good midfield, and this year we have a really good midfield. Yeah, for sure. McLaren's I, I, yeah. competitive. Haas is competitive. Force India is competitive. Or uh, Williams, maybe not so much. Right. Uh, and Sauber, back markers. Um, Renault also in the mix. This is great. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what the what the Haas Red Bull fight is going to look like. And you know, I like I don't want to jump the gun, but maybe the Haas Red Bull and McLaren, like maybe Alonso's gets in there too, you know. Um yeah, we need a couple more races before that we we see where everything is cuz anyone who listens to this podcast knows that the first race can be misleading sometimes. Like we've yes. had the years where they looked way more competitive. We've we've had years where Haas has done really well at the the, the start and and then you know, didn't have the, the research to money to, yeah, they just can't catch up with everyone else. But when, when, when everyone starts getting a little bit faster, um, so I'll have to see, but, uh, very much, uh, I, I'm definitely more excited for Bahrain now than I, than I would have been before, before the race. I can't wait to see what sort of, how it all shakes out. Well, speaking of Bahrain, Danny, Bahrain. you want to take us there? <clears throat> sure. Bahrain. What a great little circuit. Uh, it's a, it's a, one of the more recent ones. Not it's, I f- it's funny saying more recent now because I feel like there's been seven or eight <laughs> new races added to <laughs> yeah. the calendar since they uh, uh, started doing the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, but uh, it, it was the first uh, Middle Eastern um, race. That was ever done. Um, we have so many of them now, but back in two thousand and four, God, that's fourteen years ago now. Um, it was the first one to to do it. it Brand a bunch new of awards. Brand new. It's kind of <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. It gets covered in sand, but it's a fun. It's one of the Herman Tilke's probably one of the ones that people enjoyed the most. Um, it's kind of a Franken track, but really is I feel like mostly not, not so much like Circuit of the Americas. It it mostly sort of stands on its own two feet. Um, uh, it, it had a funny couple of years there where they cancelled one of them in 2011 because of the protests uh, that were happening around the sort of Arab Spring uprising that was happening in Bahrain at that time. And the sort of, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, it was the Saudi sort of tanks that rolled in to crush that at that time. Um, it was Damon Hill and Mark Webber decided that they weren't going to race and then a bunch of other ones decided and then eventually they they, they didn't do it. Um there was a similar problem that a year after because of the uh, sort of uh, uh, human rights abuses that people were uh, complaining about during that time. A lot of uh, charitable organizations were, uh, but the race actually went ahead uh, anyway. Um, so there you go. Money talks. Um, it's a it, it's a race that is generally held during the daytime, but uh, I think was it our first year of doing this? Was the, the year they did it under floodlights? It was for the 10-year anniversary in 2014. Um which was really cool. It was only the second Grand Prix ever to be done on, on uh, floodlights. Um, so they have them there, but they don't uh, tend to use them. I guess Singapore is good enough, and I guess Abu Dhabi as well, now that I think about it also, um, and now utilizes some floodlighting during the, the latter half of, of that race. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it, it's a good track. Alonso's really good here. Vettel's really good here. Uh, Vettel won the last race. Um Hamilton has won here twice, but uh, both Fernando Alonso and Vettel have three wins between them. Um, and the Ferraris have five, most of those uh, wins, except for last year's one happening with Ferraris. Um, so it, it's it's it, it's a interesting track in terms of the, the competition with who's racing in it um, this year, because uh, we have a lot of people who are sort of in the battle there um, who are better than maybe Lewis. Um, 
uh, at it. So th- that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, in terms of the track itself, it's uh, th- th- fifteen. It's a fifteen turner, but like it's sort of a generous fifteen. A couple of them have double apexes and, and get marked up. Um, it's got a bunch of different configurations and has such has been swapped a bunch of times. So I'm trying to remember exactly how many. I think it might have been around 2012 or 2013 that they basically sort of took out a chunk of the track. Um, it was a little bit longer. Uh, the sort of little arena section, um, which is funny. Whenever I go back and play the Codemasters games, I always end up like trying to turn left where <laughs> they, they've disappeared. <laughs> they've gotten rid of that whole part of the track, um, which it's is probably just as yeah. It's it's just it was a bit of a procession that whole area is between where turn fours and five is now, um, and there's kind of enough going on at the track uh, to to that that it wasn't like the biggest loss in the world when they when they got rid of them it's a 57 laps so similar to what we just had last week uh pretty average i, I don't know what the like average amount of laps is but I, I would have guessed probably between 55 and 60 um it's a it's a a, a fun one in that respect uh i don't really know and in terms of like the hot places to look out for on this one the start finish straight on this has a has a really uh tight right hander similar to turn three in australia um, uh, and more similar to the gap between turn two and turn three and what happens on the straight in Australia is that immediately there's a um, another straight right after that um, going into uh, turn four. So there's a lot of area there for <coughs> uh, DRS overtakes uh, uh, if required. Uh, there's four straights on this one. Um, the back straight between turn 13 and the penultimate 14 slash 15 turn um, is another place where there tends to be a lot of overtaking because the area before it is t- it's all uphill and it's super super wide um, turns where most of the driver well, where all the drivers will be able to take in in fourth or fifth gear um, those turns as they're crawling up to turn 13 and sort of lifting off and then pushing again so you'll see really good overtakes in that whole section on the back of it as well um, and then you also tend to get overtakes around the between turn 10 and 11 which is the center uh, of the the track essentially where it has like a mini straight that runs uh, parallel to the the start finish straight so it's it's a funny one it, because of all of these sort of uh late breaking zone turns uh, after straights you tend to get most of the overtaking happening in those areas but then you also tend to have a lot of curves management here where you have uh, folks who have who who know that they're going to be overtaken soon enough or or trying to maybe if they get overtaken in one spot then trying to battle back in the next section of it um so there's a lot of uh, 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 battery management. I, I in my head, mind's eye, I remember a lot, especially on that final third. Once they get past the, I guess what is technically the third straight on the track, that whole section, turn 11, 12, 13, into the final turn, and um, there's a lot of battery management while they wait to cross the finish line again, um, while people are defending. Uh, aside from that, it's I, I feel like at this time of the year, it's not crazy, crazy hot. It's not like some of the ones we get later in the year in the Middle East or uh, some of the European ones we get closer to the end of the summertime. Um, the issue they used to have before was with the sand that will blow out onto the track. So they do a lot of work to make sure that that's not really an issue, but it tends not really. To, they talked about it a lot before and it tends to not be super, super crazy. Um, we've had some acclimate weather there, but generally it's uh, it's pretty normal weather-wise. Um, I'm not sure if you've done the weather report this yeah, week or not. but It looks uh, like, at least for qualifying, it's going to be pretty hot. Uh, 90 Fahrenheit, 32 Celsius. 
Jesus, I take um, it back. With some some strong wind, actually, too. So we might be getting yes. some, some sand on the track. 16 miles an hour for qualifying day, 14 for uh, for race day, and similar temps. Um, right. 40% humidity, zero precip. So it's going to be a hot one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a race where they tend to push themselves a bit. One of the things people don't like about it is the large runoff areas you tend to get there. Um, it's a Tilka drum. I remember here. The what? It's a Tilka drum. A Tilka Trove, yeah. This one may be more worse than some of the other ones in that respect. I remember I, hearing. I actually heard a, a quote from him recently that explained why all of his tracks have a lot of runoff. Uh, like he 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 understands that you know gravel will um, you know pr- prevent people from going off, uh, but also when you're a circuit that makes money on track days. People won't want to race there because for your average dude going off into the gravel ah. uh, means a lot of repair costs. So right. uh, it's much cheaper to have for the drivers, for racers to have uh, to have asphalt runoff. That's a really good point. And I guess, you know, speaks to the the fact that so many of the older circuits have trouble keeping people uh, you know, every other weekend of the year, having people yeah. um, pay for the thing. Uh, I, I, I Maybe I'm wrong, but I remember some sort of anecdote from somebody saying that the runoffs in this one allow them to um, prevent too much, like they allow them to control the sand problem a bit more because there's somewhere oh, for them to, to, to bunch up that isn't immediately on the track, which was the problem. Um, but I don't know if that's, that's accurate. Um, uh, yeah, and whoever wins this race will have... A nice spray of rose water mm. um, as, a, as a, it is a teetotal state. Yes. Uh, they extended the second DRS zone. Oh, they did. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. By, by a hundred meters. They extended the zone. Interesting. Yeah. I so the, the was... one, I think the one on the start finish straight, it now begins a right. hundred meters earlier. Earlier. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, of of two DRS zones, they've not added a DRS zone like they did with Australia, and I think they're a- they're planning on adding more DRS zones to tracks, which is fun. Uh, this one they could easily have three of them. The, I believe the first DRS zone is four. Is the, There's a lot of straights. Yeah, you could. I, I'm pretty sure the first the the DRS zones are on a start finish straight and the final turn or the final. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm 100 percent sure. Um, the the penultimate straight and the final straight. Um, but yeah, they could easily put one on the other one. The other one's a bit uphill, which is probably mitigates the DRS advantage a bit, so maybe they just don't bother. Uh, in the, let's see, the Pirelli Twitter account, at Pirelli Sport, actually has these really cool breakdowns um, of the tracks, which I think is what they use for those graphics that come up on the screen. Like, they have the circuit information here. Uh, asphalt grip for uh, for Bahrain here is uh, four out of five. Cool. So high grip. Low downforce at only a two. Asphalt mm-hmm. abrasion is a five. So uh, a lot of a lot of stress on the tire um, and a lot of lateral force. Uh, All right. So we've got medium, the soft, and the super soft tire for this race. 57 laps. Um, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Bahrain. And we have a, we have a gap after that as well for... For, oh no, we don't. Sorry, we we have no, a double up. China, yeah, China, China is on immediately after. China, China, and then Baku. Baku, well done, Baku. Your favorite. Yeah, uh, so. Should we get to uh, some news, Danny? Fuck it, let's do it. Ahead of the Bahrain Grand Prix, uh, apparently people have been asking a lot about Mercedes's quote party mode. 
which I think Lewis Hamilton referred to during um, some interview and everyone was like, what? What are you talking about? A party mode? Uh, so they were forced to say, like, all right, look, we use three basic engine modes, um, one for the majority of free practice, one for the majority of qualifying and one for the majority of the race. All three can be altered with various sub settings for different situations. Okay. Um and uh, this from racefans.net, Mercedes Motorsport Director Toto Wolf confirmed in Australia that the high-performance qualifying mode was not used by its drivers until Q3. The team said its qualifying mode is, quote, only required for a few laps each race weekend, and usage varies according to the competitive context. Sometimes this qualifying mode will be used throughout qualifying, sometimes only in the final Q3 session. And I also think it's important to note that uh, by rule, um, anything that Mercedes has uh you know engine wise must also be given to its customers so force Indeed. india williams um although uh, i don't know that they're necessarily obliged to give them specific you know electronics programming but right. the engines themselves uh are are subject to the same uh control hmm. so weird there's there's so much depth to this stuff <laughs> i think is what this is telling me yeah, um, it's interesting as well with the whole um, between horses sort of. But there's so many elements as well, you know, like aero stuff tends to basically be all kept in-house um, and things like that, which is obviously critically important, especially when you look at the success of Red Bull and whatnot. But I imagine most of the software is, is if not internal, is at least proprietary stuff that is, you know, done for one company although i'm sure they use like some there must be some third-party vendors that make just stuff that everyone uses but you know i think knows? if i recall correctly from our discussion with uh gurk or Dermley doing during oh, yes. our uh our moto gp episode of it was a Alt one um that they <laughs> yeah it was a face um uh MotoGP used everyone used to make their own electronics, but <laughs> yeah. some team just went absolutely insane and and crushed everyone. So now, <laughs> now all the electronics are the same. Yeah, I remember he said that. It reminded me of the the, the problems they had in the nineties as well with, with uh, or early nineties with the um uh what was that the, the the adaptive suspension stuff for yeah taking turns and whatnot yeah. Uh, speaking of different technology and the future, Danny, uh, prepare for a lot of F1 news after this weekend, because, um, I think he's the F1 sporting director. Is that what he's called? Ross Braun. Oh, um, yeah. he's, he's basically the one tasked with figuring out how to make F1 better. Right. Uh, and the big change for F1 and rules and uh, engines and technology and, you know, how the races are run and everything. That's all changing in 2021. So Ross Braun is presenting his 2021 plans to teams on Friday. Um, so I imagine we're going to hear a lot from uh, fallout from that. I think uh, this guy, is it Toby? Tobias? Toby. Toby Grüne from Automoto und Sport? In Deutschland, uh, he is oh, he's a, a reporter. Oh, Germany. Oh, yeah. Oh, the land he of chocolate. Liked, he's probably DTM. Oh, he's always DTM. <laughs> uh, he tweeted that uh, FIA and Liberty invited tech directors to a meeting on Saturday to discuss the issue of overtaking. First suggestions: uh, bigger rear wing flap, uh, ban of front wing <laughs> cascades. <laughs> 
uh, and so DRS, I just love the idea of I love the idea of making the DRS flap bigger. That's like <laughs> one of the things that just just this, it'll be like the spoilers they used to have back in the fucking eighties and seventies. Remember those like just crazy big like ridiculous spoilers. I saw. I'm oh, gonna so. see if I can find this uh, and link it. I saw on I think it was on uh, Reddit. Um, <laughs> this. Uh, crazy wing setup that they ran sometime in the 70s which was just like two like two completely different spoilers bolted on top of each other but not like stacked on not like a biplane it was just like two of them on one corner so they were like angled but touching on one it's really really bizarre Uh, i should try to find it uh but it was yeah quickly deemed illegal um but also uh mr toby here says that uh they were also discussing D- DRS activation everywhere on track. Oh, my. Wouldn't that, would be, that interesting. be interesting? There'd be a lot more spinning off, I imagine. Yeah. That's crazy. So are you, I hate to, you, talking about the spoiler stuff, I need to, there was a, a an article I read a while back. I don't know why this is coming to mind right now. I think it was called the Chaparral. It was a car that was... Uh, it was essentially like it, it It didn't really have crazy spoilers, but it had like air, like it had a mounted fan on the back that essentially created its own downforce. Yes. <laughs> it's like fucking insane. Um, and I think it was like disallowed <laughs> after a race or something. But yeah. And this wasn't F1. This is some other, um, some other thing. Um, but yeah, it like, it's just like, like really, I would just like create our own downforce out of the engine or whatever. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Um, G- okay, yeah, Jules Villeneuve, uh, in 1982. Let me see if I can send you a link here in uh, in our chat because it's absolutely insane. Did you get that? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Look at that! It's like a child what? just slapped these two things on the back. He finished third place. This is also the era of the 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 large rear wheels as well. Oh yeah, which, which always freaks me out. This it looks like they, it looks like in Spore or something. Where like, <laughs> yeah, the, this car the, was procedurally <laughs> generated. Yeah, the car was procedurally generated because it's because also the front wing is like so strange looking now. It's like it's so thin but wide. Yeah. It's uh, it's very peculiar. But yeah, it looks like it looks like two wings have been put. Like, how did they preference which one got the front? Yeah, because one the wing that's on it's the right side. It's not symmetrical. It's not like it's so weird. Oh my god, that's tremendous. God bless them. God you bless them. Like they were just sticking shit on cars, man. They were just figuring it all out. Like we did, they didn't have the models <laughs> or like any of that stuff. They didn't aerodynamics was like fucking magic like nobody knew any of that what was really going on i mean that's not really accurate either but like i just love it i love those that uh, those eras of just like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks and like what sure two wings why not i'm trying to remember the f there was that one f1 car that had a wing that was at least three foot off the top of the car (laughs) it was it was absurd i'm trying i have to try and find a picture of it but let's go back to that that era Yeah, let's go back to wacky races like Mario Kart, man. We're just yeah. different sized cars for different sized animals. <laughs> it's so uh, strange. But yeah, I, the DRS I, thing is interesting because they're, they're allowed to open DRS now when they're qualifying, like everywhere. Yeah. There's nothing stopping them. So, yeah. Um, I, think that, that, I think the worry at the start, sorry, to, I keep cutting in, but the worry at the start when they first introduced DRS was that they were very, very strict about the zones because they were worried about people spinning out and causing crashes. And right. it would look really bad if there was a 
multi-car incident that had happened um, because of something the FAA had like brought in, right? So uh, maybe they're, you know, everyone knows how to use it now. It's just part of the sport. It's been around now for donkey's years. So let's try and expand it a bit more. Yeah. Um, also, regards to the future, the closer future in 2019, apparently uh, there was a meeting that everyone agreed that a 50 or a 80 kilogram minimum weight driver plus seat will be instituted to eliminate any disadvantage for heavier drivers. So huh. if you're light, you have to add weight to make your driver and seat equal 80 kilograms. It, um, this is something that they're, this is a perhaps, this is like a proposition, is it? Uh, I imagine, yeah. All right. I'm not sure it's been codified yet, but uh, apparently teams have agreed on those new rules. Also, uh, rules to uh, prevent um, exhaust blowing out the rear, uh, over the rear wing. So uh, the exhaust pipe is at the rear of the cars, and Renault has tilted theirs up to basically put hot air underneath the rear wing, which somehow gains an advantage. I'm not a... You know, I'm not an expert here, but everyone was like, whoa, I I don't know about that. That that looks illegal. Uh, But so far, it has not been deemed illegal for 2018, but has been deemed illegal for 2019. So, right. There you go. How much Uh, did you say the the upper limit for the F1 driver was? It's 80 kilograms for driver and the seat. 80 kilograms. That's which 176 pounds. Okay, that's that's. I couldn't be an F1 driver. <laughs> That's really sad. My dream is over. How fucking tall? I remember Mark Webber being like on the top end of the 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 scale. How of like of his height? He's six foot only. Jesus, how high is how tall is Fernando Alonso? Over under. What do you think, Fernando Alonso? What would you guess? How high oh, do you think he is? Oh gosh, five four. Five I think seven. He's tiny. Five seven. That's what it says here. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ricardo is five ten. Oh, right, he, really? Uh, yeah. yeah, he comes across as a as a beanpole to me. Yeah, I thought he'd That's, be much taller. How about yeah. Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg. Well, I know Hamilton and Vettel are five nine. Hulkenberg six zero. Okay, he's six. Right. Grosjean's five eleven. Esteban Ocon is six one. Really? Yeah. Huh. I would not have thought that at all. Danny Kvyat is five eleven. He's taller than Ricardo. Are you looking at like a? Well, uh, I just, I just uh, fucking Google, man. You just, I, I hit a button and now it's listing them all in front of me. Uh, <laughs> Masses 5'5". Five, five? That I can imagine. Um, see if there's any other outliers here. In particular, interesting one. Button was six foot. Lance Stroll is six foot. Yeah, I can see that, I guess. Stoffel's 5'10". A lot of them are 5'10". Rosberg, 5'10". Uh, Hamilton, Vettel, 5'9". Like I said, Pascal Verlaine, 5'9". Magnussen, 5'9". Carlos Sainz Jr., 5'10", so, yeah. They're in that window. That's funny. Felipe Massa was, like, fairly small. Massa and uh, Alonso. Kimi, hmm. what do you reckon? How, how, how tall do you think Kimi is? Kimi, I think he's pretty short. I think he's... I'll say he's 5'8". Five 5'9". Five okay. Close enough. There you go. All right, one more. Ayrton Senna. I need to know how... When I know how tall he He's was. probably pretty... Uh, he's probably... 5'9". Uh, yeah, 5'9". Nice work. Right. Alan Prost was 5'5". Five five. Schumacher was 5'9". Huh. Nicky Lauda, 5'7". <laughs> there you go. Fun. Next up on Heist Watch. 
<laughs> Drew Scanlon. Get your emails in now. Uh, let's see. A couple more things here. Um, Racefans.net uh, has a lot of, they do roundups of like a bunch of other racing series around the world. Um, oh, it's that new website, racefans.net. Yeah, racefans.net, the, the, the <laughs> former F1 fanatic.co.uk. Uh, Billy Monger, who people may remember as the um, Formula Four racer, I think, who uh, lost both of his legs in a crash less than a year ago. Young, yeah, young man, Billy the Wiz. Uh, he's, uh, he's only raced, 18 years old, I believe. Raced in British Formula Three um last weekend and you came in third you're kidding yeah oh my god uh apparently he i mean his car is very very custom modified uh his seat is is custom modified and he has a uh, special prosthesis um on his right leg that is shorter than a usual leg because okay. uh the g-force is acting on a full-size prosthetic would um be more than with a shorter one so he's actually breaking with his right leg with a shorter prosthetic there's a throttle on the left hand side of the wheel and uh up and down gears are on the right hand side of the wheel with two paddles interesting yeah wow i wonder how the the throttle works then is it is it analog in any way because you know it's gotta be right yeah it has to be right yeah you can't just know like yeah. yeah, on or off. You can't just it's not Mario Kart. You can't just hold A and let go, <laughs> right. let go of it. That's incredible. God, that's like, that's like super humbling to see a yeah. guy's only a fucking teenager. Like that's amazing. I can't. So believe I guess that. in in British F three, yeah, in less than a year from losing yeah. his legs, even uh, the mental strength to be able to pull that off as a teenager is just like no kidding, insane. It reminds, like, it's like these Parkland kids, but it's like I don't know how like the like mental like strain of of that type of trauma to lose both your legs like i don't know i just i'm like continually impressed by teenagers who i'm like who clearly have like stronger will than than i'll ever have uh that's amazing i mean between that and seeing kubica come back um uh it's it's really impressive stuff yeah uh, also in british f3 apparently there it's one of those series where they do two races per weekend like formula 2 They'll do one race uh, on one, like Saturday, and then one race on Sunday. Usually they flip the grid. Um, That was the the first race that Billy Monger came in third. Uh, And the the person who won the second race, Pastor Maldonado's cousin, Manuel. Oh my God, Manuel Maldonado. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. Wow. How old is he? There are more. I don't know. There's more Maldonados. You, mm-hmm. you, you chop one's head off and two come back. <laughs> uh, this is also apparently the first race for British F3 where the new format uh, uh, was used, which awards points for overtaking. Oh, that's that's cool. I like yeah. that as well. It's one way to do it. Yeah. Uh, and also from Reddit, someone averaged the faces of all the Formula One drivers from 2018. <laughs> And okay. Do here, I want I'll, to see what this thing is? Yeah, sure. Here, I'll send okay. it to you. There's that. Who do you think it looks like? Oh, this is going to be so terrifying. How do you average faces? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It looks like a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Huh. Weird. Who knew? We need, we need more Lewis Hamilton's in there. Um, uh, I think it looks like Rosberg. 
It does. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I definitely got a Rosberg vibe off it. It looks like every uh, video game protagonist <laughs> yes. I've ever seen. Also, it's that like, it's the most. <laughs> It's the oh my god! <laughs> so the first comment is last name. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody says looks like a shaved Rosberg. That's so. Yeah. I I want to know how <laughs> the science. Do I want to know the science? I guess I don't. Uh, so I, I think like, I'm gonna I, try. I like how they've also they've also averaged the like shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, or the, like some of them were had like low cut like necks and some had higher ones or it looks like he, <laughs> the average shirt is a hawaiian shirt uh, yeah apparently that's what it looks like with bose written on it yeah uh I, I think i'm gonna try putting the show notes in addition to on f1.cool also in the uh like the mp3 data Oh, cool. Uh, so if you want to pull oh. up any of these, you can like go to your app or whatever, click into the information, and then hopefully be able to click a hyperlink that just opens up, you know, this picture or whatever. In so, the metadata. Yes. It's inside. It's like normal data, but more, more meta. Mm-hmm. Driver standings, Danny. <laughs> Didn't we already do this when you yeah. went through the winners? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we don't really need to do not, anything. Do it. Uh, constru- do it. Why con- not? All right, sure. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, 25. Lewis Hamilton, 18. By the way, this is how many points you are awarded for your position in a race. Oh, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen, 15. Daniel Ricciardo, uh, 12. Alonso, 10. Verstappen, 8. Nico Hulkenberg, 6th. Uh, or 7th with 6 points. Botas got 4. Van Dorn got 2. And Sainz got 1. Perez, Ocon, Leclerc, Stroll, Hartley, Rio Harianto, Pastor Maldonado, Paul Resta, Danny O'Dwyer, all have zero points. <laughs> Manuel Maldonado. <laughs> he doesn't have zero points. Maybe he doesn't uh, know. I, I Googled him and the first thing that came up was a crash. So <laughs> he uh, can't escape his name. Constructors, Ferrari with 40 points. Mercedes has 22. Red Bull with 20. Wow. McLaren's got 12. Renault with seven, and everybody else got zero. Oh, Haas, what were you doing? Could have been up there. Could have been a contender. They could be second in the constructors right now. Danny? Yes, sir? Should we take it around the world? Oh, my gosh. I thought we cut the set. Of course we did. It is the best section. (laughs) Race about the world. Where are we going? We're going. <clears throat> to Corsica, France. Oh, okay. For, uh, oh. Yeah, to, for the World France. Rally Championship. They've World got their Rally. round four. Round four. Is it really... I, Corsica... I, I never thought Corsica is part of France. I always thought of like, like an Italian thing. Sure. It's like closer to Italy. I, I, may, it's, I guess it's owned by France. There you go. Yeah. You uh, go. Formula 2 will be supporting Formula 1 uh, for the first time uh, in 2018. Their first race is in Bahrain. Bahrain. Uh, Australian supercars. They will be at Simmons Plains Raceway in Tasmania. Tasmania. I'm a Tasmaniac. We're just all of the islands, man. They're just fucking, (laughs) everything's happening on islands this week. Uh, IndyCar is in Phoenix. It's not an island. Nope. Damn it. Uh, MotoGP. Come on. uh, Is in Argentina. Fuck. Uh, the NHRA. Argentina. 
Argentina, man, they have to travel so far. I mean, I guess Australia is really far, but Argentina is like as far as Australia. It's like upsettingly south. Yeah, it's it's far like, away. Yeah, jeez. Uh, the NHRA uh, has their Denso Spark Plug Four Wide Nationals in Las Vegas. Four Wide. Mm-hmm. Las uh, Vegas is an island of sin. <laughs> Super GT, Danny. Super GT is round one at Okuyama. Uh, oh, featuring one Jensen Button. Oh, yeah. Uh, and who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, Someone and, else was um, in it. Yeah. Uh, Jan. Oh, Jan. Jan Verstappen? No. G- no. Um, <laughs> Martin Bro. Whoa. Jan Martin Bro. I, I used to smoke those. <laughs> Which prefecture? Which prefecture? Uh, the Mimasaka prefecture? Great prefecture. Quality. Let me double, Quality let me, prefecture. Let me double check here. It's a real mid-table prefecture. Oh, no, it is the Okoyama prefecture. Mimisaka is Great. the town. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Danny. Oh, oh, oh man. You I'm thought I was going to go through an entire race around the world without NASCAR? Well, no, sir. No, sir. You're out of luck because NASCAR races practically every weekend. <laughs> This weekend, they're at the Texas Motor Speedway Ooh. for the O'Reilly Parts 500. Fucking hell. I'm not surprised, man. Fucking O'Reilly Parts. Uh, oh, maybe oh, the most. Oh, O'Reilly. Yeah, it might be the most ubiquitous chain in all of America. It's fucking everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. Can't get away with, from them. With the little shamrock? Little shamrock. That's how I noticed them all the time. Yep. It's my people's. Yep. Oh, but there's a lot of racing happening down Nevada, Arizona, Texas, stuff. Give, Phoenix. Give, I guess too too cold out at East. Give us some. Give us some. Come out to Virginia, Delaware, <laughs> Maryland. You got. Uh, let's see up there. You got. Uh, you got Pocono. Got the Tricky Triangle. I got Pocono. How far am I from Pocono? I feel like we did this bit before. Pretty pretty far, I think. Pocono. Oh, I typed it in. It came up New Zealand. That's Aruba, Jamaica. How do you spell it? Raceway Long Pond. It's in Long Pond. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's go. We'll do it for my house, and it's gonna take three and a half hours. It's no, not. It's, it's not very close. I guess it's like about as far as New York. I could do that. I'm going up to New Jersey at the end of the month to to drive a fancy car. I'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Ooh, fun! That'll be fun. Formula One, Danny. First practice. Oh, it's on. Is it on in an it island? It is April sixth. Kind of. Uh, that's uh, that's tomorrow. That's um, Friday. Friday, April 6th at 4 a.m. Pacific time. Second practice is uh, same day at 8, p- 8 a.m. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, Saturday, we got third practice starting at 5 a.m. Uh, then qualifying at 8 a.m. And the race, Danny, the Bahrain Grand Prix. Sunday, April Sunday. 8th. Sunday. At 8 a.m. Actually, this is 810 on Formula Eastern, One right? calendar. Uh, Pacific. These are all Pacific times. Pacific times. Specifically. I, great. Even better for me. Specifically Pacific. It's 11 a.m. I will be preaching at the church of F1. Mm-hmm. Bahrain, also an island. Fuck yeah. <laughs> island races, man. Tasmania. They know what's at. Corsica. That's what's up. Bahrain. 
So you do some emails, Danny. I'm, fr- I'm from an island. I'm sorry. <laughs> emails, <laughs> emails, you're on emails. Uh, that's another thing. I think with this new format, we'll be able to um, dip into emails a little more. Yes, because uh, you know, after after all those uh, the recaps, we just didn't have time. I guess for for emails, uh, I, I felt bad about not being consistent with those. But uh, now we can. By the way, is emails at f one cool up? Uh, yeah, it will be soon. <laughs> okay, will be soon. I was I was doing it earlier today, and then I had to run out and get mail. But I'll do it soon. Okay, F1. In I, the meantime, F1. Cool slash emails is when you, how you can uh, reach us. That's how you do it. Um, this from Sonia. Hi, Danny and Drew, and sometimes Dave. Really glad you're back. Oh, thanks. Hey, Sonia. Uh, <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? So your name is godlike. <laughs> Sonya Blade. Sonya Blade was a fighter. I make fighting games, but not as popular as the one Sonya Blade's in. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for the past three to four years and really enjoy it to the point I found wow. myself laughing out loud at times. Oh. Oh. Uh, I'm involved in I'll motor just, racing. Oh, my God. And have worked as a corner marshal, flag marshal, <laughs> at the Canadian oh Grand Prix for the past few years. You guys oh really God, need to come up for... Yeah. Gilles Villeneuve. <laughs> You guys really need to come up for the race weekend and stop by Hurley's Irish Pub on Crescent Street. Okay. It's called Hurley's? Yeah. Hurley is the, the, the name of the stick that you play hurling with. Really? Yeah. I've never heard it as a surname. I've heard of O'Hurley's or Hurley, but never Hurley. Interesting. Hmm. Elizabeth? <laughs> O'Hurley? Is that a person? Elizabeth Hurley? Elizabeth Hurley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hurley. Is it? Yeah, I guess. But if it's an Irish bar, it's, it's surely a reference to, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Guess we'll have to find out. Didn't pass uh, my litmus test. <laughs> corner marshals. Litmus test. Sorry. Go corner marshals are volunteers and some of the biggest motorsports fan you will ever meet. And awesome. for international events can come from all over the world. I've met amazing marshals from the US, England, Ireland, France, Hungary, Australia, and Mexico at the Canadian Grand Prix. Last wow. year, there were marshals from 15 different countries at the GP. Uh, I've had occasion to wave multiple flags for F1 sessions. That's so awesome. Uh, a bit more info on what flags mean. A red flag will end a race if it causes the total time of the race to exceed four hours. You guys were right. The black flag with orange circle, a.k.a. meatball flag, is for a serious <laughs> technical issue. That's awesome. Meatball. That's great. You may occasionally see a striped red slash yellow flag displayed. Uh, they call it the surface flag or bacon and eggs. <laughs> I like that they're all food. That's great. That's great. Uh, telling the, the driver's universal, universal language. Yes. Uh, <laughs> surprise! It's not the the bed. What's bacon called? Back back ham back, whatever. Back, back, uh, I know back what you're meat. thinking. Uh, back, telling the drivers uh. there's something hazardous on the race surface, like oil. Uh, double wave yellows for an incident means the track surface is blocked to a certain degree. Uh, enjoyed the overview. Looking forward to the Aussie GP review and the rest of the season's podcast. Cheers, Sonia. Thanks, Sonia. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm always fascinated as to how they know about what flags they're. Like, are they, are they in communication with people? Are they going by the screens? Probably not. Like, I wonder, like, do they have headsets on and they're being told or told at certain times? Like, I bet that's, yeah, I've always wondered, like, how that moment to moment happens. Also, I'd like to know if she knows the, the, the marshal, like, fell over in Canada back in <laughs> 2011 or whatever it was. Sorry, sorry, I had to, I had to bring it up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, Adam from Seattle writes in, Hey guys, after unsuccessfully trying to push this trip off to September, I'll be in Singapore next week for a business trip. Is wow. it worth visiting a track outside of a race weekend? Um, I don't know about Singapore because a lot of that, a lot of that is roads, right? Yes, I like think it, it's there might still be like some part of it might be. Permanent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I imagine maybe the star finish rate or something. I mean, one of the coolest things I, that I found about going to to Monaco, and this was before I was even a uh, an F one fan, was was seeing the like the red and white curbing up yes. just you know all the time uh so if you can find some of that stuff with like cars driving on it i think that'd be kind of cool plus singapore yeah. is a tiny little city state so you'd probably be able to just swing on up swing on, uh, right. swing on by i went to yas marina when the race wasn't on before i believe i think around that weekend um and had fun uh i've been to tracks before i've been to I went to Nürburgring for uh, Rock Armoring, the metal concert, the big festival. Um, and there was no race on that weekend. And all the stages were on like turn one and turn four and stuff. And just being able to like walk around um, Park Ferme and the grid and the turns and see that stuff is, yeah, it's pretty cool. It gives you like a sense of sp space, especially to see it from like head height. It, it's all totally different to watching it on TV from the, either from the camera pods or from the, the TV feed with like big tall cameras everywhere. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. I've, uh, knowing Singapore and how modern that circuit is, I bet um, I bet they have like stuff you can do around there or like maybe a tour or like a lot of circuits will do like drive you around in a car on it. I'm sure that's not the case for Singapore. Uh, it'll also be really weird to see Singapore during the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I bet that track looks real weird during the day. Uh, yeah, T take some pictures, send them to yeah, at totally. Shift F1 Podcast. Uh, John from Chicago writes in saying, I'm not sure if you saw, but there's a minor controversy surrounding the Haas and their relationship with Ferrari. We did. Yes. Uh, other teams are alleging that Ferrari is sharing technical info with Haas, which is giving them an unfair advantage. I was wondering if you could use this as an opportunity to clarify the rules between teams collaborating, since I'm pretty much clueless. Why is it okay for Haas to purchase Ferrari engines, but not to copy their body shape? Similarly, why is it allowed for Red Bull to have two teams? Surely Ferrari or Mercedes would love to have a second team on the roster as well, if they were allowed. Thanks. I never would have gotten into the sport if it weren't for you guys, John from oh, Chicago. Right. Thanks, John. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I think there's there's two things here. And again, we're not experts. We're just fans. Mm. Uh, but um, that from that BBC article, uh, F1 rules dictate that teams must design their own chassis and aerodynamics. Uh, yes. So I think that specifically is why people are kind of up in arms about um Haas's design because it looks so much like the F1 or the Ferrari's car from last year. But I mean, I think uh Gunther Steiner points out in this article that the wheelbase is totally different because the cars have been extended and the, the they're wider too. So right. um they had to change all of that around. Um but <laughs> he also says here, uh Steiner said to the BBC Sport, uh, the critics, quote, talk without intelligence and without knowledge and invited them to lodge a protest if they have a problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, it's one of these things that happens politically in F1 where people sort of have to complain. So at least their complaint has been lodged. And so that they think the FIA is, is at least it's on their radar. You know, there's a lot of this is like sort of posturing. Um, so it's hard to read into it too much. But yeah, like generally... 
I mean, teams sell power units, but that's pretty much like the only thing that gets sold. They don't sell data. They don't. They're not allowed to collaborate on aero stuff. Like even Red Bull and and um, Toro Rosso have pretty strict guidelines between the two of those as well. Like yeah, they call them a sister team. Shared, but I yeah. think I think that just means. Uh, I mean, I'm just speculating here, but I imagine that's just the money comes from the same place, right? Because uh, they use different engine, even so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, decisions made at the top for that stuff are, are, are totally different as well. So, um, like different management and all kinds of stuff. Different. I mean, a lot of the time, different different locations, different. Like, I I don't even think they share press stuff. Like, even to that level. Um, yeah. So it's it, it, like it's just they're just buying power units. Like, if you just think about it like that, that's that's kind of that's kind of where it begins and ends. Yeah. Uh, and finally, David, with the subject, Kimmy parties all the time. I actually, oh, we, we actually got oh, a, we know. a lot of, <laughs> a lot of these. Um, it's a, a link to the post qualifying press conference where they're talking about the party mode. Um, Sebastian Vettel is kind of like, well, you know, for Mercedes, this is party mode. And Lewis is like, whatever, I got this party mode. Um, Kimmy parties all the time. And Kimmy's face does not move. <laughs> it's so really, I, I think if you want Kimmy Räikkönen in a nutshell, I'll, I'll just link this uh, video. Espe- especially because then Lewis starts ha- laughing. Yeah. <laughs> he like can't help himself. Yeah. Uh, Kimmy seems more stern this year than ever before if the if the trophy thing is anything to do with it there was also one or two choice uh radio messages um in australia i can't remember them off the top of my head but i, I believe there is a an f1 youtube channel you know they do those like radio yeah best of off, team off radio ra- but yeah exactly there's, there's one of those uh, w- with him in it as well um so yeah salty kimmy i don't know it's, it's maybe it doesn't like doesn't like going all the way down under for the first race of the year. <laughs> uh, that's it for emails. If you'd like to send us a question, comment, or just want to say hi, you can email us at f1.cool slash emails. <laughs> it's never not funny when you say it that way. <laughs> it's like you're like an alien explaining how emails work. You know, yeah. <laughs> trying to. <laughs> it's, I'm it's so the, sorry. It's I'll similar it. to one eight hundred flowers dot com. You know, right, yeah. 1-800-Flowers.com. It's Com, like yeah. AOL keyword <laughs> flowers dot, the hashtag AOL keyword flowers. Yeah, like hashtag flowers.com. Right. Uh, 1-800-Flowers. Yeah, totally. It's absurd. It's, yeah. yeah. Speaking it's of Twitter, you can also hit us up there. Follow at Shift F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run across. Also, I am at Drew Scanlon. He is at Danny O'Dwyer. Uh, shout outs this week on Twitter to uh, Mike Schiller saying uh, before the race, I'm assuming I'll need to throw the NTSC PAL switch to keep the ESPN Sky video going once the race starts. <laughs> thought that was really funny. Yeah. Uh, and Josh Melnick saying uh if there isn't going to be a bahrain viewing party at pax then my phone screen in the middle of the indie mega booth will be the bahrain viewing party <laughs> yeah we're in neither of us are at pax um uh, this year yeah Love at PAX. uh yeah. chris cassidy says ah my eyes if i'm done for i'm taking the rest of you with me and then sends us a link of christian horner nude oh. sitting on a race car 
I saw this. I said, thank you for that, oh, by the way. It's unbelievable. I think I was in public when I opened it. <laughs> I think I was around my in-laws or something, and I opened that picture on my phone. I was like, whoops. Yeah. This is this is for this is for late nighttime viewing. Danny's <laughs> special time. Uh it's beautiful. It's really. He's got a watch. He's 27 yeah, he, years he, old. He, he's he, it's that exactly it's that real, like, you know, 90s glamour shot of a dude where like before dudes were like ripped yeah like, he's just, he, he's just a lot of chest just, hair yep yeah, just love look just looking real natural mm-hmm yeah hair quaffed looking great well done i yeah. i got a christian horner i don't know about you <laughs> certainly do uh brian uh damatan uh sends us a screenshot of the f1 instagram where uh, it's the image is uh, it's captioned who's more likely to make the podium in 2018 and that has four pictures McLaren Haas Renault or another team like it's just a blank like a question mark and then in the comments McLaren Renault Haas okay yeah and in the comments Force India F1 says hello <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty that's good. good that was yeah that was a that was a good setup I should have uh, expected that. And then finally, thank you to everyone who sent us um, the tweet from uh, astronaut Drew Fustel, who watched the Melbourne Grand Prix from the space station. You're kidding. Even flew over at the start of the race and snapped a picture. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. So we will link that as well. That's... uh, Pretty awesome. That's oh man, awesome. someone in the comments of that uh, tweet made a like a um, space inspired race patch <laughs> for the Australian Grand Prix. Oh, that's beautiful. That's great. Yeah, I love space stuff. I was at a tank museum in Russia once, and uh, behind some gate we weren't supposed to go, I saw a mural of a tank on the moon. <laughs> That's straight up. That's straight up battle zone stuff. Yeah, it's. If I could not stop laughing, I recorded it. But it was, it's a video I put up on Gamespot years ago. Oh, Tank awesome. on the moon, like that. That was their end game, man. That was the fuck flags. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure there's anything more Russian. <laughs> could you imagine? Imagine firing a shell on the moon. The fucking tank would probably just like bounce off the surface. <laughs> a shell would never <laughs> that's, land. That's how it gets. That's how it moves. Probably right. Not much downforce on the moon. No, no. <laughs> Uh, as always, you can find our show notes on f1.cool. Uh, until next yes. time, I am Drew Scanlon. He's Danny O'Dwyer. If you'd like to support us, uh, we are both on Patreon. Danny is at patreon.com slash noclip. I'm at patreon.com slash cloth map. Anything else, Danny? No, that's it. Looking forward to Bahrain this weekend. Looking forward to a double taster. I think by the end of the next fortnight, we'll have a very good sense of where everyone is laying, um, at least in terms of the broad strokes. Um, and this is always a fun race. So, yeah, let's get to it. Sweet. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Yeah.